0: Bye. Hello. Thank you for choosing the Lackadaisical LibroCubicularist podcast. Without further delay, here is your host, Jordan Maywood. Hello! Welcome to the LibroCube. Uh, my name is Jordan Maywood and I am the Libro LibroCubicularist. Today, my friends, is Movie Monday. Move over, Monday! Slightly. Just enough to fit movies in, please. Something I like to say at the top of every show is there will be spoilers. I say that for the reason that there will be spoilers. And it covers my ass like so very, very much underwear in terms of not getting yelled at for spoiling things. I do believe this warning should be sufficient. If it is insufficient, well, I don't know what to tell you at uh, at this point. Another thing I like to say is that if you like what you hear, the only payment I ask is a million dollars. No. That is ridiculous. The only payment I ask is perhaps you pass the podcast on to a friend. Perhaps you rate, subscribe and comment within iTunes as doing those things help podcasts and this is a podcast so you will help it. Thank you. For those who have done so, if you have not done so, please do so. So, that will of course take us into our last piece of podcast-related witness which is today's sponsor. Mm. Apologies, today's sponsor. That yawn was unavoidable. Today's sponsor is the new Native American Buffalo Steakhouse Dances with Flavors. Once again, today's sponsor is the new Native American Buffalo Steakhouse called Dances with Flavors. Thank you to them. That is so very nice of you to sponsor this episode. It will not be forgotten uh, until tomorrow's episode, in which case I will have a new sponsor. Today I have two movies and two movies only, which is kind of small for a Movie Monday episode. However, each of these movies are long. So, if you add these both together... You're probably, possibly, maybe able to get uh, three full movies out of them in terms of length-wise. So, you know, let's count that. This first movie specifically, three hours and one minute long, it is titled Dances with Wolves. You've all heard of this. Very, very popular movie from uh, the 90s. I had never seen it. Yeah, I know. Someone who has a podcast about movies, who watches a shit ton of movies, every once in a while, you're going to find a movie that everyone has seen that I have not seen. Dances with Wolves did, until last weekend, fit on that list. There was sort of a little bit of a uh, impetus, let's call it, for me watching this movie, and that was that uh, Kevin Costner, who, as you may know, is the star of this movie, appeared on Jimmy Kimmel. Jimmy Kimmel, a program that I have quite often brought back on Television Tuesdays, was talking about how he believes that a movie's length should be determined by nothing but the story. So, if a story needs three hours to be told, he's going to goddamn well take three hours to tell it. And uh, I admired that, because uh, most movies and movie makers are pressured to be around that hour and a half mark hour and 20 minutes so good on him for uh standing up for what he believes in and with that in mind i thought hey he mentioned dances with wolves i'm gonna freaking watch that i like kevin costner uh i can't think of movies he has been in that i haven't enjoyed including the postman which did very very poorly i do believe with critics and fans alike but i really like that movie that sort of perhaps illustrates my love of post-apocalyptic anythings as well as my love of movies to the degree where I very infrequently do not like movies I'm watching. On that note, this one, I like The Postman better than this one. Like The Postman, I'd probably go like 5 out of 5, which is, I know, freakish. Maybe 4 out of 5. This one, um, so I don't forget my rating, I will give it now a free, yeah. I'm just going to go three, maybe some four moments, but mostly three overall, which, if you are somehow unfamiliar with my rating system, if this is, in fact, your first listen of this podcast, let me first say welcome. And let me further say that I use my threes for things, movies, television, books, what have yous, for enjoyed while watching, but uh, probably wouldn't watch again. And uh, this falls into that category. Well, I've seen it now. I I don't think I need to watch this again. If you are unfamiliar with this film, which uh, did it win some awards, I think it was at least a contender. It stars Kevin Costner as the Lieutenant John Dunbar, who is in the army back in the 1800s, was it? Oh shit, I didn't write down any years or anything. Anyways, during the Civil War, he was in the army and asked, I uh, don't really know why exactly he asked, but showed great valor on the battlefield sort of the commander said, you could be post wherever you want, that sort of idea, and asked for a post in the sort of most furthest, farther, furthest, outreaches of the realm, way, way, way out west, where, uh, apparently, Indians were still plentiful. Kind of, sort of, kind of, sort of, at least not to my satisfaction, explained why he wants to be posted so far out here in the middle of nowhere, but hey, I'm going to suspend my disbelief and just say he wants a little of the old uh, privacy. Yeah. little of the old solitaire, sol- solitariness. He is at this outpost alone. Ooh. For the reason that the previous inhabitants were killed by Indians. Jesus. So he's got some balls on him. He sort of takes the stance that uh, if these Indians don't mess with me, I won't mess with them kind of idea. Eventually through a series of events, which I do not have time to go into, ends up uh, befriending a group of these Indians. Yeah, the, I guess what I would say, the head Indian guy, uh, not head in terms of the leader, but head in terms of who Kevin Costner has the most interactions with, is played by uh, Graham Green, who is a Canadian. Not only a Canadian, but, uh, I double-checked that fact, was born about uh, an hour and change from where this podcast was recorded what How about that that's a behind the scenes fact completed and uh, one of those uh, actors who basically whenever it almost feels like whenever a movie needs someone to play an indian it will be played by graham green he's probably i think safely to say the most favorite favorite, well maybe favorite, but most famous of the uh, native actors out there just period so I like that, you know what, I said he's Canadian but I'm actually not 100%, I'm, I'm fairly certain he is though like 90-ish percent among these Indians who he befriends and sort of how he befriends them is a white woman, what? Uh, yeah, it's one of those scenarios of um, Indians killed her folks and all of her family and took her in So she has sort of become one of them, which obviously sets it up for Kevin Costner to have a love interest. This woman is played by a Mary McDonnell, who, if, like me, you are a fan of nerdy science fiction shows such as Battlestar Galactica, you will know her as the president. The president of humans. Just period. So uh, it was kind of nice. I don't think I've actually ever seen her in a role other than Battlestar Galactica, but... Apparently, she has other roles than that, including in this, where she plays uh, this white woman who lives with the Indian who has the Indian name stands with Fist. That's her name. Interesting. So uh, she also takes the form of the translator between Kevin Costner and these Indian folk for the reason that she does still have some remembrances of her English from uh, as a child. So fills that role as well. The whole movie is sort of set up for the purposes of showing that the white man is not very nice most times, and that they uh, raped and pillaged their way through the West and uh, decimated the Indian population, which uh, is pretty horrible. It's uh, it's uh, my unintentional theme of this week, which I did not plan, of uh, people being oppressed by white people. <laughs> yeah. Worst theme ever. Oh, wait, I think I put that in the description as well. I did, yeah. I didn't mean to do that. Just somehow a combination of both long movies as well as movies where people are being oppressed. Yeah. All right. So, uh, you know, good for the reason that makes you think. Just like Kevin Costner had to think about whose side he's really on. He ends up living with these folk for, uh, not sure how long, like a year maybe? Enough that he learns their language, so i got to assume it's, it's a pretty long time. And then the white man comes, mm. and uh, he sort of makes the decision that he is with the Indians and against the white man. So is he a traitor or a hero? Interesting. Traitor to his people, hero to humanity? Mm-hmm. How about that for a little deep, deep thought? Uh this is a 3 hour movie so a lot other than that sort of happens and I'm not going to go into things like fighting rival indian tribes um just cool stuff in general lots of buffalo related things uh it's a good movie I do recommend it I recommend it on a sunday I think this is a very good sunday relaxing in bed just snuggle down watching this because with a 3 hour movie uh, I think it's almost impossible to have it fast-paced. There are fast-paced sections, but overall, sort of a long, leisurely, relaxed film. You feel me? Yeah, feel me. Okay, so let's move into our next movie called 12 Years a Slave. Yes, that one. Uh, nominated for a metric poop-ton of awards, and I do believe rightly so. Uh, I don't think I'm going to give it a five out of five, just for the reason that this is a movie that'll make you think there will be just innumerable times, uncountable, well you could probably count them, just a shit ton of times where you're going to cringe. And that's good to have a movie that makes you cringe and think and just be friggin' in awe of what used to happen, as far as, in this case, slavery. Um... But I am more of a uh, escape from reality guy when it comes to my uh, media consumption. So this friggin not only doesn't escape from reality, it pulls me into a horrible reality that is good to know about. It's good to look back and realize that we have made strides towards racial equality. And when you compare nowadays to what happened back then, The strides are fairly large. It's not, of course, 100% done, but compare now to what you see in this film, and it's just, as I say, you're going to cringe a lot watching this. Uh, I wrote down the guy who plays Solomon Northup. I did realize that I would probably screw up his name. Chuetel Ejiofor. Chuetel Ejiofor. Chuetel 4 it was just like any other Saturday for Chuatel Ejiofor, 4. Walk into a puppy store and eat an entire pizza. Thank you to Next Movie Official uh-huh. on Twitter for those pronunciations of uh, yes. Back to the show. His last name almost looks uh, Norwegian. I think when you put a J beside an I, that looks uh, Norwegian. Anyways, I guaranteed screwed that name up, so apologies for that. This is a true story. Uh, I always take based on a true story with a grain of salt. However, I do feel in this one that a lot of what happened is real enough to be believable, whereas quite often in based-on-true-events movies, I always kind of think, "Eh, yeah, maybe a little bit. But this one, it it does feel, this has has a sense of realness. Very, very much so. If you are unfamiliar with this true story, it is about a uh, black man who lived in New York who was free. He was not a slave. Uh, through a series of just dastardly—yeah, I think this is a good time to use the word dastardly—a series of dastardly events, is kidnapped and sold into slavery down south. What the fuck? So from free to slave in the matter of days. Whew, And it is tough. It is a tough scenario to behold. I'm getting kind of close to work, so I don't have too, too much time to go into too, too many details. What I've kind of done with this one is written down some of the stars of this movie, because a lot of big, big names in them, and I think maybe that'll take us into the story a little bit. Our first real bastard that we meet up with uh, comes in the form of Paul Giamatti. Paul Giamatti, who plays a slave trader, which is, as far as professions that have actually existed on this planet, you gotta assume slave trader is probably... is it the worst? Yeah, I think it might be. Wow. The worst? Maybe something involving Nazis and, and killing Jewish people, if you could call that a profession. But slave trader. Definitely gotta be one of the worst professions that have ever existed in humankind. Just sickening. And... You are disgusted by Paul Giamatti in this movie. Which is something I always wonder, in a movie like this, is there any hesitation from the white actors to play just horrible, horrible people such as this? People who are uh, constantly dropping N-bombs? Like, this movie's got to be up there with Django Unchained for the amount of the N-bombs. Actually, that's a curious... Hmm. Uh, yeah, I, w- I wonder who uses the the N-word more, this movie or Django Unchained? Hmm. Anyways, that's just a little curious query there. Our first not 100% horrible (laughs) white person, I guess you could say, comes in the form of Cumberbatch. What the hell is his first name? I just wrote down Cumberbatch under the assumption that I would easily remember Benedict. Oh, God. A little bit of a brain fart there. Benedict Cumberbatch. He is the person who buys Solomon Northup, which is the name of the slave that... Chueto Edge plays. Oh boy. And he's not a. Oh, he's buying slaves, so obviously he's not a great guy. And when he learns that this guy is. Uh, was a free man, doesn't set him free. So, not too, too nice, bit of a dick, but doesn't sort of. but has a slight air of regret of the whole situation. So, yeah, yeah, I, I think that's a way to look at his character. A slight air of regret which makes him not as hated as Michael Fassbender, who is where Solomon Northup spends most of his time as a slave. He is a real friggin' bastard, and you come to hate him a great, great deal over the course of this movie. Just a huge, huge... Oh, man. This is why I think, do people now come up to Michael Fassbender under the assumption that he has any of the personality characteristics of the guy he played in this movie, slave owner friggin' bastard. Uh, I'm skipping a lot. Again, this was a long movie, but I'm close to work, so I don't have time to go into it too, too much. I think we'll uh, jump to something that I really, really like towards the end of this movie, and that is uh, Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt, yeah, he's he's a fine actor, Nothing, uh, nothing good or bad, really, to say about him. What I liked is that, well, his, his role wasn't very, very large. What I liked about it, though, is he's sort of the man who saves the day. Yeah, it saves the day by taking a letter and giving it to the proper people in order to get Solomon out of this bind. Now, that's cool right there. But what I liked most about it was the fact that uh, he's Canadian. Yeah. He's not Canadian in real life, Brad Pitt, but he's playing a Canadian. So I got to assume that in actual factual reality, it was a Canadian who sort of saved the day and got this guy out of this this bind. Got him back to his family after 12 years a slave. Uh, overall, highly, highly recommend this movie. Definitely a movie you should see just to help you be aware of things that went on as far as slavery some of the disgusting things that human beings have done oh sickening 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 cringe fest yeah definitely call this movie a cringe fest all right folks i'm at work so we're gonna mark that down in the win column as far as um completing before getting to work yay that fact yay you i will say one final thing as i do from time to time that it is nice